Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the fifteenth, approximately, the fifteenth、uh, <laughs> of May. You're listening to Community Radio Three CR, and this is Asia Pacific Currents, and I'm Giselle.、Uh, I have been accused by some of our listeners, so the first thing I want to say is, Pierre, we've got listeners. Secondly, the accusation is that I never get the date right. I think you got the date right today, so that's.、Uh Fantastic! So well done, a tip for you, Giselle. And,、uh, <laughs> Excellent,、yes. very good. And I'm Pierre Morrow, and、um, I'm,、uh, I've got a bit of a、uh, what I call my autumn throat.、Um, one of the um, uh, things that you do when、uh, when you're a cyclist,、uh, usually when it gets a, a bit cold, your throat has to get a bit used to that、oh, cold weather. Well, that first it's cold very, mornings. It's very alluring, Pierre. I'm、uh, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. All right, all right, listen, I'll try and keep it.、Um, But seriously, folks, you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workings, and don't forget、uh, to keep us on the air. It's three CR Radiothon coming up next, so、um, don't worry about those pennies. Just put those dollars away. And、um, on today's show,、um, we'll have、uh, the news roundup. And Giselle, I've got two items of good news out of six.、Yeah. How's that? <clears throat> well, that is fabulous. But it, I mean. Our feature story for today is obviously not very good news, and、um, you know、uh, there there are a, quite a number of the diaspora of the communities that we're talking about who are here in Australia, here in Melbourne, who are you know who are grieving, particularly our、uh, Indian comrades whose families are just dying、um, in India. But the the feature story this morning is the、uh, unfolding. Tragedy in Palestine,、uh, and we will be speaking with a、um, supporter of Asia Pacific Currents, Reem Yunus, who,、uh, for listeners who don't know,、uh, is a Palestinian, a socialist, and an educator, and she's a regular commentator on this show about the situation in Palestine. That's right. So they'll come in the second half, about quarter past nine o'clock, and there'll really be lots to cover. And really, um. Uh, we started、uh, to want to talk to her because today is Nakba Day, but of course things have really、um, spir- spiralled out of control. So there's going to be lots to talk about.、Um, but of course,、uh, Giselle, if people want to get in touch with Asia Pacific Currents, well, that's right. Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web at allthews.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. As Pierre mentioned,、um, Radiothon is coming up, so we are going to really appeal to you this year、uh, to donate some money. Three CR didn't have its Radiothon last year, acknowledging that COVID was a very tough time for our listeners and our supporters.、Uh, but it does mean that we we're not making up the difference from last year, not at all. But we do really want to、uh, reach our target this year. That's right. That's right. So、um, I think our radio <coughs> program is going to be the sixteenth of June. 
Um, anyway, we'll go straight to the Labour um, updates from the region and we'll go to Myanmar, which we've covered um, often in the last few months, where the economic crisis is intensifying. With opposition against the military coup not showing any signs of decreasing, the economic effects of this conflict are starting to affect millions of people in Myanmar. Analysts believe that the economy may have already contracted by up to 20%. Well over half a million jobs have already been lost, while a continuing run on on banks for, for cash may lead to a total collapse of the banking system within two months. Now, workers have also paralysed whole sectors of the economy with strikes and and stayaways, with the military junta now uh, looking to reopen all fuel refineries and replace tens of thousands of workers in the education, health and public service spheres. Now, whether or not they can get workers who are already trained, that's another issue. Now, in addition, self-defence groups are multiplying in the country as protesters attempt, one, to protect themselves against the military, and two, to organise basic needs for the communities, as obviously the, the state is collapsing around them. And in Iraq, the killings continue. Death squads are continuing to rampage in Iraq, unchallenged, with two more murders of anti-government activists this week. Activist Ihab Jawad al-Wazni in Karbala and Barak Hassan al-Rumi in Wazid were both gunned down by death squads in their respective cities. In the subsequent days, protest demonstrations were heavily repressed by security forces with arrests and injuries. A member of the Human Rights Commission of Iraq, Ali El-Bayati, confirmed that the assassination of the activist Ihab El-Wazni at this time came because he was influencing the demonstrations square in Karbala and he was intending to run in the elections. El-Bayati went on to say that more than 270 assassination operations have targeted activists since protests subsided earlier this year. The government has commissioned four separate committees to investigate these killings, but so far no perpetrators have been uncovered, and I suspect no perpetrators will be uncovered. I think, unfortunately, you might be right. We now go to Thailand, where... um This week, Thailand's Supreme Court dismissed a lower court ruling against Labour researcher and activist Andy Hall in a civil defamation and damages case. The original case dates back to 2013, when Andy wrote a report about the working conditions that migrant workers at the natural fruit pineapple factory in Thailand had to endure. The company, in response, initiated four interrelated court proceedings against Andy, two on criminal charges and two on civil defamation case. Three of them had been dismissed before this week and the Supreme Court decision found that Andy Hall had not defamed the natural fruit company and that his research and reporting had been done in good faith and was accurate. While this decision is a great victory, unfortunately this is not an isolated case and Thailand courts are often used to silence labour and human rights activists as well as journalists. Yeah, I'm really happy about this news. Andy is a comrade of Australia Asia Worker Links. We collaborate with him on a number of projects, including our current uh, campaign around uh, justice for Ansel workers. So um, I, I know that we're always happy when uh, we have 
good outcomes for our comrades, but when you know them and work with them and see them on the other side of a Zoom call, it is um, particularly, particularly good. That's right, that's right. Moving now to West Papua, where obviously the war continues. Uh, this month, the political and military confrontations in the West Papuan region of Far East Indonesia have continued to intensify with the arrest by Indonesian authorities of the Papuan independence leader, Victor Yaimo, and the sending of an additional 400 Indonesian troops. While the flashpoint for the recent upsurge has been the ongoing construction of the Trans-Papuan Highway that will stretch across West Papua, the issue of independence and control of resources are the underlying issues of the conflict. With acts of civil disobedience and mass protests in West Papua heavily repressed, union organising strictly controlled, the conflict is continuing to militarise with West Papuan forces acquiring better weapons and Indonesian military sending in heavy weapons like helicopters and planes. I also think there is a... I mean, the West Papuans would argue that the issue is colonisation and uh, at the root of colonisation is a resources issue, which we talked about in that story. Um, I think the West Papuans would argue they're an Indigenous community being colonised by Indonesia, so there is a sovereignty um, campaign as well. That's right, and it's um, certainly not getting better, unfortunately. Um, we go back to Thailand, where another a bit of good news, where this week... Two jail leaders of the anti-monarchy and anti-military movements were given bail and released from detention. The criminal court freed uh, Parita Chiorak, um, the penguin, and singer uh, Chayamon um, Kawabun Pan, who were both charged with less majest. The two activists uh, released came after the lawyers had already requested bail for them ten times and eight times respectively. Parit had uh, been recently hospitalised following a protracted hunger strike. In another case, uh, Promson um, Wirabatham Jari, or Far, also charged with Les Majest, was released from Thanyaburi Prison after almost two months in detention. Far also had been on a protracted hunger strike. All the released activists, though, are under strict bail and reporting conditions that include not participating in any more political activities. And in Bangladesh, garment workers have been left even more exposed. A recent report, in, or as we've reported rather in the last few weeks, a concerted campaign by garment companies in Bangladesh has been pushing to ditch the Accord on Fire and Building Safety that was created after the Rana Plaza disaster eight years ago. This week, the Industrial Global Union, the UNI Global Union and Labour Unions from Bangladesh said that they're going to withdraw from the Garment Sustainability Council at the end of this month. The reasons of the union's withdrawal is that the new code will not incorporate independent outside monitoring and accountability procedures. Unions have said that the return to the days of self-monitoring by companies is a step backwards and will lead to more deaths of garment workers in Bangladesh. It's important to say that that accord was only created under immense global pressure and was inadequate from the beginning, though unions and worker activists in Bangladesh did say there were some important accountability measures that the accord brought with it. And the only, now what we're seeing, so it's been under pressure ever since it was introduced because the companies have wanted to get rid of it and it looks like they've succeeded 
in taking out the only parts of that accord that uh, have any value. That's right. That's right. It wasn't uh, perfect. And now we've got even less of a perfect, uh, well, probably have uh, very little oversight. So that's uh, that's really terrible. And um, that, we come to the end of the uh, Labor updates of from the, the region. And uh, we did forget to say that um, thanks to Solidarity Breakfast for another very interesting program uh, in the program before us. It's just on um, 12 past 9 o'clock. We'll go to a couple of community announcements and then we'll be back um, with the interview with Rim Yunus, who's the Palestinian socialist activist and educator about uh, what's happening in Palestine right now. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep us going for another year. Independent community media is more important than ever and we need your support to power community radio. The 3CR Radiothon kicks off in June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au, call the station on 03 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during business hours. 3CR Community Powered Radio. Three CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Hey, this is Nick from Pinyao. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. It's 15 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents with Pierre and Giselle. Our guest this morning is Reem Yunus, who uh, listeners of APC will be very familiar with. She's a Palestinian, a socialist and an educator and a regular commentator on this show about the situation in Palestine. Welcome to the show, Reem. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Of course, the reason that we um, invited you on the show was because today is the anniversary of Nakba. But since we invited you, the situation has deteriorated significantly in Palestine. Can you tell us what is happening? Um, uh, certainly. Uh, the situation has been brewing since the start of this year, at least since the start of this year. Um, the problem, there is um, an eastern Jerusalem uh, neighborhood called Sheikh Jarrah, where the 28 families are threatened uh, to be evicted um, to give their homes that they lived in since 1956, according to the United Nations. It was given to them after 
they were ethnically cleansed from 1948 Palestine, their own town, which is now called Israel. And uh, they were given this land since 1956 by the UN, and the Jordanian government gave it to them. And the uh, court uh, uh, always sides with the, um, the settlers, the Israeli settlers, uh, because it is part of a long-standing uh, tradition and policy within the um, Israeli um, uh, society. Uh, I mean, government is to uh, to Judaize uh, Jerusalem as best as they can, uh, um, and also they want to actually uh, ethnically cleanse uh, the Palestinians if they can from all of the West Bank and Gaza. Uh, eventually, that's their dream, and they've been doing that. Um, something uh, similar to what you say, um, you know, the water and the frog boiling slowly. I don't, I can't uh, repeat that metaphor, but this is how it is. Um, and so, when we say Nakba, which means the greatest catastrophe of 1948, which is um, announced, which was announced back in 15th of May. 1948, and it was recognized by the world's biggest power as powers at the time until now. Uh, we are actually talking about an ongoing Nakba for Palestinians. Originally, this was supposed to be a commemoration, but then because of the evictions of these families, who are now not only 28, they are in the hundreds, because imagine Palestinian generations being uh, uh, living there. Uh, and this Sheikh Jarrah is so strategic uh, because this neighborhood is exactly less than one kilometer away from the walls of the ancient old city of Jerusalem, where all the walls of the ancient city, where all the holy sites are, uh, including Al-Aqsa Mosque. So this is very strategic. In the same time, it is not just a human catastrophe for these families. Palestinians all over Palestine whether be it the Palestinians of 1948, who uh, are now called Israeli citizens, or the Palestinians in Gaza, or the Palestinians in uh, the West Bank, uh, or the Palestinians in Jordan and all over the diaspora, we all recognize that as ethnically cleansing uh, Jerusalem in particular, which uh, has an important stuff. Now, the developments happened because Israel was angered by the, um, the global uh, solidarity with the Palestinians. Palestinians en masse went to uh, uh, protest uh, around the homes of these 28 families, uh, staying day and night in sit-ins and protests. And these protests spilled over till Ramadan started uh, last, uh, during May, as you know. And uh, Ramadan is a holy month for the Muslims. Uh, so the Israelis, in re retaliation to all this, um, uh, you know, the global anger and the Palestinians' unruly behavior, as they see it, they, they uh, decided to close you know, with barricades uh, the um, Al-Aqsa compound um, uh, from uh, Palestinians uh, under the guise of, we, we don't want clashes, between the far-right, uh, extreme-right uh, Israeli settlers and the Palestinians. But it's, in fact, it's uh, a way of, uh, their way of trying to rule us. And the Palestinians still defeated that kind of um, behavior. 
And since the last few days of Ramadan, they managed to actually um, uh, remove, uh, like force Israel to remove these metal barriers um, and consider this uh, actually uh, uh, a victory for them. What also spilled over from that is, <clears throat> is because of that public anger from the Palestinians over the, the Jerusalem, as I said, which is a very emotional issue, like I'm telling you, I've seen even pictures of priests and Christians from Palestine going in solidarity and carrying pro protest placards uh, 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 against the occupation of the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound. So this is uh, uh, spilled over into uh, anger from Israel about this. And the, uh, in a cynical uh, step, the Hamas started to throw um, rockets at Israel. Uh, let's put, make it clear in the eyes and ears of every person in our audience. These rockets are primitive. They kill no one. They damage no property. Actually, there, there was almost like negligible number uh, of, of injuries or fatalities there, whereas Israel, uh, using that guise, uh, started to, to terrorize Gaza um, in the past uh, few days. And um, Gaza is, we're talking about 2 million people caged in under siege for 14 years uh, from the Egyptian border and the Israeli border. So there is no way for these two, 2 million people to escape. They live in a 360 kilometer square uh, tight piece of land. And uh, the human catastrophe on them is already bad because of the siege. And now they are turned into rubble. So that is the situation. And that is uh, quickly volatile and quickly escalating because Israel finds the way to uh, get itself um, uh, maybe their uh, prime minister to get maybe re-elected or something, or maybe to gain some um, sympathy from the world, they try to start this offensive because it is the weakest link, yep. Gaza. Um, but the, the, the mass protests are continuing. Sorry. Um, no, I no, that, that's all right. Just a, a, um, We've got about um, seven minutes to go. Just thanks for that roundup. That was very... Um, very good. Um, just a couple of questions about the Palestinian protest. Uh, I would say that one of the interesting um, issues now is the fact that a lot of the, well, not just a lot, um, there's been mass Palestinian protests within Israel as well, which is probably um, something relatively new. What do you think the political outcome of, of this or the implications are going to be in the future? Well, uh, I want to correct uh, your information, guys, it is not new, yet it, it, it erupts in, like, uh, every few years. These Palestinians in the so-called Israel, which is 1948 Palestine to me, um, these Palestinians never accepted the, the occupation, yet because they are under so much um, uh, oppression, being uh, the, the, the minority over there and under very oppressive laws, um, they have been standing up maybe during the first, uh, uh, the very first intifada before the official first intifada in 1976, which was called the Land Day. It actually started from 1948 Palestine. Um, 
So the, I think what it, it tells me in all these, um, uh, if you like, intifa small intifadas that they do over there, it, it angers the Israelis even more because it tells them even those who are living amongst you never accepted you as, um, as a state. You are actually, they still consider you their occupiers and their oppressors. Um, actually, the, the apartheid is very obvious over there. Like, you can't visit um, a hospital uh, because the, Isra the Israeli women, let's say in, in, in the, let's say, in the maternity ward, they will want the, the doctors to meet the Palestinian women of Israel, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, in, in another shift, other than the shift that they go to meet their doctor. I'm talking, I'm telling you just one little example of the apartheid they feel. So they never felt as citizens, and Israel cannot claim that it is a, a democracy um, when in, in actuality there are at least 40 laws that distinguish between the Israel, what they call us Israeli Arabs, but we're actually the Palestinians uh, who stayed there, and the, uh, the rest of um, the other uh, Israelis under that democracy. Mm -hmm. So the implications is, um, as you wanted to put it, is that we are all united, we are all one people, whether uh, we are in 1948 Palestine or Gaza or Jerusalem or uh, in the diaspora, like here in Australia, in Europe, in America, in Jordan, in all the Arab world. And actually, we will never stop feeling that as long as our uh, rights, including the right of return, um, are not heard. Yep, um, that, that's great. Thanks. All right, as a, as a last question, um, the, what do you think these protests or what do you think will happen to the Palestine Authority? Because um, as an outsider, they seem to be um, sidelined by all these protests and not really be able to um, intersect or control or guide them. Do you think uh, it might be the end of them? Uh, that's a brilliant question, and it came in the right time, uh, Pierre, because um, actually both Hamas and the Palestinian Authority have uh, no legitimate authority anymore, um, and they are not democratically elected since at least 10 years. And I would like our listeners to know that there is, um, other than the popular protest and popular movement that you have, there is a new campaign uh, that being has been launched since the end of 2020, uh, uh, and it was uh, championed, and it is still going on. It will really be uh, launched officially on the 22nd of May. Uh, that is one week from now. And it's, this campaign is called the National Palestinian Campaign to Rebuild uh, the Palestinian uh, National the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which is the PLO. We want the PLO to, be, to go back as it was, the PLO that fights Israel, the PLO who never recognized Israel as a state and never engaged in the Oslo. We want to scrap the Oslo. We want um, to call for the right of return and our right of resistance. Uh, this campaign has been uh, going on, and... Um, I'm happy that you asked this question. Yes, definitely, the Palestinian Authority is uh, is, is sidelined, and the 
the emotions of people uh, and the strength of the people on the street now is much, much bigger than them. Reem, thank you. <clears throat> thank you so much for your time on the program. I'm just going to advertise the demonstration in Melbourne today, but for listeners right across Australia and the world, there will be solidarity rallies with Palestine in Melbourne. It is from one o'clock today at the State Library, so please get out there today. Reem, thank you so much for your time today. And there is also next week as well, SNAP rally for Palestine. A- yep. What are the details of that one? Uh, again, 1 p.m. Uh, in front of the State Library, 22nd of May, next next Saturday. Thank you so much. That Thank was, you so much for having me. That was Reem Yunus, a Palestinian socialist and educator, talking about the situation in Palestine. As you can see, the need for solidarity is desperate and it's urgent. We'll see you on the streets this afternoon, comrades. That's right. And that's um, really the end of the program today. And um, we're going to have a committee announcement and then we'll go um, to Palestine Remembered. Which, which will be is, fascinating which today. Which will be fascinating. So keep listening to 3CR Radio, your favourite community radio station. And remember, Radiothon is coming up not too far away. So that's all from me, PMRO. And me, Giselle Hanna. And we'll be back next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.